In a world where professional wrestling, movies, and pro wrestling movies dominate the landscape of popular culture, three friends lost in a pit of despair saw hope in their ability to banter, bicker, and giggle with one another for hours on end while sitting on their couch. Forged in fire and bonded by bad jokes, silly puns, and sarcastic quips, young Michael Pava John Casey and the one they call Lumberjake united together into a theater of three, ready to showcase their talents on the grandest stage of them all, the podcasting stage. Through their trials and tribulations, the boys have seen it all. From body slams and peacocks, to Leslie Uggams and Tiny Lister's Giant Lister, to spoken words and segues about segues, Mike, Lumby, and JC have been there to work the gimmick, brother. Whether it's Mr. Hunk, non-union equivalent Willem Dafoe, or King himself, Drake, this ragtag trio has been with you through it all and will continue to offer their unsolicited opinion to those who accidentally download their podcast. Sorry about that. Anyway, where was I? Oh yes, this is Three-Way Theater. Uh-huh. Welcome to the three-way theater. Yeah. Ha. You know, you know. Hey, y'all ready? Let's go. We all about wrestling, but don't call us fanatics. Uh-huh. We talk about wrestling movies, review the classics. Uh-huh. From ready to rumble, body slamming, Russell Madness. You can tell us our passion. Now we into podcasting, screaming Northeast Championship Wrestling. Yeah. Mr. Peacock, go ahead, represent. Yeah. Three-way theater, three the hard way. From your boy Mike JC and Lumberjack. Yeah. Welcome to the three-way theater. You know. Hi. Welcome to the three-way theater. Welcome to the three-way. Welcome to the three-way theater. You know, three-way. Welcome to the three-way theater. Oh, I thought you were like mad at the movie or something. I mean, he is also. Yeah, I don't understand. Listen, I. It's not the move. Listen, are we recording yet? Yes. Welcome to Three Way Theater. <laughs> hey guys, I'm Mike Pava. I'm Lumberjay. And I'm JC. And we review pro wrestling. Movies. And pro wrestling movies. Hey. Yeah. Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year. Hey guys, New Year, new us. We've got a whole list of things <laughs> that we want to get in on every episode. I'm going to let you guys in on that. Mike Pava's going to hate that. Oh, jeez. You're just. <laughs> man, behind the curtain. Breaking down that fourth wall. That's what we do here <laughs> on Three Way Theater. Which yeah. is next on the list, Mikey? We, what are we getting in next? <laughs> 
Slow down your roll. Slow your roll there, lumber roll. Listen, I know you're excited. It's a new year. It's a new season of Three Way Theater. A brand new season. That's right. It's our third season. I'm giddy after watching this movie. Fourth? No, it's our third. You said, well, you get on us for not knowing what's third annual fourth annual episode. We are going on in our third season. We're heading into our third year here. I can't believe we made it this long. Yeah. I mean, I said it before, but if we were in any other medium, we would have already been canceled. Yeah, hundreds of episodes. <laughs> we are here on episode 37. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you count, if you add in the best in shows. If and you, the mini-sodes. And the bonus-odes. And the bonus And our couple of interviews. Yeah, we'd probably be a little more uh, closer a little more for, a little to more 100. filled out. Yeah, but I think 37 is great. You it's know? great. It's 37. <sighs> we're still here. We're, we're still, still here, doing guys. It. We did it. Well, and that's why this is our last episode. Yeah, we had a good run. <laughs> we were closing down the shop, tearing down the you, studios. Yeah, but there's only one episode left, and that's one and only episode. Oh. It's <laughs> the one and only. <laughs> <laughs> now, this episode has been uh, highly pined for in the past. We've also said we were going to do this at a previous time, but we didn't, but here we no, are. No, we did. This is just a lost episode. <laughs> yeah. We recorded this in 2015, and we're only record- releasing it now. Which oh. is even more impressive because we started recording in 2016. So the fact that we did an entire year before we yeah. even thought about this, doing this, this show. This is a pilot. <laughs> this is a pilot. Anything um, to get Body Slam out of there, huh? <laughs> this is episode zero. Yeah, episode zero, zero, zero. <laughs> um, yeah, no, the one and only has been requested by many of our listeners over the years. And I've kind of kept it back on purpose. Um, I spoke about this before off the air, but like, you know, we did a lot of big gun Big episodes in our early run, and I wanted to hold some things back. You don't want to give them all, you know, you don't want to give it all away right away. Right. But we gave them most everything else. <laughs> yeah. No, we definitely gave away way too much. Yeah, way too much, <laughs> way too fast. We still have a lot to give. We do. We do. And I know we're all very excited to talk about this film. Mammy. <laughs> Mammy. So before we dive in, let's take a, a step back. Let's dial it back a little bit, and let's talk about the basics. So this is the one and only, starring Henry Winkler. Yes. And William B. Daniels. Uh, you mean Mr. Feeney? I sure do. Mr. Feeney. Uh, this Not that Feeney. <laughs> no, <laughs> nope. Other guy. Unrelated. Unrelated. And this was 1978. Written by Steve Gordon and directed by Carl Reiner. Carl Reiner? He's wow. famous? Uh, he's very famous. <laughs> and that's one of the things that blew my mind just within the opening moments of this film. We'd seen Carl Reiner's name plastered right across. Yeah, it, I did a triple take. It was like one of those things where I was typing on my computer, I was looking... I came back and I like did a like wait what and then I went back and I'm like wait again and like huh? triple, I maybe, triple took maybe that. it's Carl Rainier <laughs> yeah uh, but no it is uh, Carl Reiner he is a writer director actor father father son yeah he's yeah. done it all um, Holy Spirit but I want to talk a little bit about his filmography all right so um. He some of the movies that was this I, the last movie he made? No, not even close. <laughs> uh, the one and only came out in 1978. In 1977, he was in. He directed Oh God, 
the oh, movie. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, it's like, it wasn't uh, Sammy Davis Jr. in that or something. Um, the Oh God movie, nineteen seventy-seven. Uh, when God appears to an assistant grocery store manager as a good-natured old man, and of course, uh, that old man was George Burns. George as Burns, God. that's who I'm thinking. I'm not Sammy yeah. Davis. John obviously. Denver, Donald Pleasance, Terry yeah. Gar. Uh, Ooh, I love Terry Gar. Terry she, Gar's great. Yeah, she was the hot blonde in Young Frankenstein. Yeah. She saved the world. She sure did, mom and dad. Yep. <laughs> Um, after the one and only in 1979, he directed Steve Martin and the Jerk. Oh, cool. he was born a poor black child. <laughs> um, some of the other movies that he directed included 1985's Summer Rental. Oh, classic John Candy. Yeah, um, yeah, it's yeah John Candy and Dan uh, Aykroyd. Yep, yep. Apparently, Joey Lawrence was also in that movie as young Joey Lawrence playing Whoa. one of the kids. Whoa. Uh, he also did uh, Summer School. I guess he really liked the summer All movies. The, summer. <laughs> um, the last movie he actually directed was in 1997, That Old Feeling. But he was an actor. He continued acting well, and he's still alive. Like that's all. He's, he's still be here with years us. Old. Um, he's in the, he was in the Ocean's Eleven movies. He was in those Ocean's films. Um, this guy is a pretty big director. He's done a lot of things. Isn't he, isn't he Rob Reiner's dad? Yes. Am I mistaken that? No, I think that sounds about right. Am I lying? As long as there's no follow-up questions, you're absolutely correct. Okay. <laughs> um, but th- so that was just, I think that's really cool. And it's something that, you know, when uh, a semi-famous, you know, director comes in and does a pro wrestling movie. Yeah, that's always um, funny to see. I do have a couple of fun little trivia bits about this movie. But first, I wanted to go over the synopsis. Picture this. Sicily. <laughs> 1951. Andy Schmidt is in his last year of college, taking life easy and always a saucy joke on his lips. He manages to win fellow student Mary's heart, although she's already otherwise engaged. But getting a job after college turns out much harder than he expected. Most directors take offense at his free interpretation of his roles. Desperate, he tries wrestling. To avoid getting beaten up, he stages the fights and incidentally invents show wrestling is that what that happened? is not what happened i'm just telling you what the synopsis is and we've first, experienced first of all i didn't realize this was a period piece until oh, they sure called was. him a nazi killing war hero mm-hmm. like i didn't get that well i i added because in the very first scene not to skip ahead but they show the date on the um on the picture when he starts singing mammy and that was in the 30s 35, 34, something to okay. that effect. So if they're in their 20s when we get oh, into yeah, this there's, movie. Yeah, there's a lot. It's definitely the 50s, 1951 to be exact. Right, and it's insane, and we will talk about it. I have, like I mentioned, a couple of hot takes about this. And yeah. that makes more sense if you look at it that way, that it being a period piece from the 50s than being if it was in 78. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and it makes a lot more sense knowing that. I didn't find out until halfway through, and I saw that was... Supposed to take place in 1951. Mm-hmm. Like I was mind blown. This uh, when you said this was filmed in 1978. Yes. So uh, Happy Days ran from 1974 to 1984. It was still on the air. So it was still on which the air. also blew my mind. Yes. So Fonzie, who's playing, who's supposed to be the epitome of cool, plays the complete opposite of that. Let me ask you something. If Henry Winkler wasn't playing the role of Andy, is there anybody? that you could see jumping out as playing that role. Could I use people today? 
I would prefer it to be era specific to the seven, late seventies, early eighties that you could see playing the role of Andy because I'll tell you who the original actor was that was Ooh. going to play. Um, trying to, I, I, it's hard for me to think about uh, like who uh, was Chevy around. Chase. That was before my time. Um, All right, I, Chevy Chase is a pretty good guess. I wrote down as my modern day one. Okay, uh, what's your modern day one? Uh, Steve Carell. Interesting. I think would play a great. Uh, Andy Schmidt. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I'm trying to think of who was around 1978, who was like the popular stars of the time. I can't. It's all right. Well, I mean, that's fine. I, so, I, you, you know, I think Chevy Chase is a great. Steve um, Martin. Steve Martin. Well, yeah, he came out in The Jerk the next year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you might be surprised to learn that this role was originally slated for Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. What? <laughs> so. I can see it. Henry Winkler first became aware of the script of the one and only um, when he ran into actor Dustin Hoffman in New York. Turns out Hoffman talked for about, you know, a few minutes about different screenplays that he owned the rights to. One of those scripts was the one and only. Um, Shortly after that, um, he sent the script over to Winkler and Winkler really wanted to do it because he wanted to do something that would be the complete opposite of Fonzie. Okay, so like what I was saying, like it's so not him. Right. And he was still being Fonzie at the time. I was thinking this was like a post-Fonzie right, world. Right. Where he's trying to get away from it. He was already trying to get away from it because by that point in Happy Days he had become so iconic, but it wasn't him. No. So he wanted so I it, see way more Henry Winkler in Andy Schmidt than oh, I ever 100%, did in Fonzie. A hundred percent. Other than I feel like Henry Winkler is very humble and stuff. Yeah. Versus Andy Dufresne. But he's not Mr. Cool Guy. He just like Henry Winkler is just like the nicest guy in the world from what I hear. He's just yeah. super duper nice. And he's still an amazing actor. Um I just watched him earlier um this past year on Scream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh it was HBO uh com not really of a comedy series. But it was Barry. It was like, uh, oh, the uh, Bill Hader. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he plays a theater director in this movie, and Henry Winkler. He just won um, an he Emmy. Won his for first it. Emmy yeah. ever. I, I also, having watched Henry Winkler's uh, reality show, uh, the one where he, uh, uh, he's in a group with, <laughs> with a, Shatner. A yeah, Winkle that. in time. <laughs> uh, a lot of wrinkles. That's like Young at Heart or something. No, yeah, it, no, it, it's um, uh, it's uh, like a bucket list show. Yeah, yeah. George Foreman, Foreman Matt, yeah, yeah. guy, and he fell out of his chair. My mom was <laughs> telling me about this a couple weeks ago, and I did not believe her. She showed me the picture. It's I'm like a, it, Terry Bradshaw. Yeah, like, and I, I did watch that, and you're right. I do see a lot of Andy, uh, of of Henry and Andy. Wow, he's, he's and uh, Jeff Die is the host. I just know that comic. Mm-hmm. He was in Less Comic Standing. Oh, was he? Yeah. yeah Henry I, Winkler won his first Emmy for Barry, and he got up on stage and said, I've been waiting 34 years to give this speech. <laughs> like, <laughs> I wish it started with talking about the one and only. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the it's really crazy to me, but he was so obsessed with the idea of doing the polar opposite of Fonzie, get out of that shadow, and... Unfortunately, I mean, this movie, I don't think, really set the world on fire, but it would be another four years before Henry Winkler acted in a feature film. Really? So he wow. he was done for a while after this. Uh, better late than never is the reality show. <laughs> oh, okay. There you but go. But he really, that's what he gets, though. He, him being Fonzie, that's like being Urkel. It's like being any of those 
characters. Like people are gonna only think of you as that, right? It 100%. is so iconic. So the last thing I'll mention before we kind of dive into uh, the meat of the movie, there's still meat on this movie. <laughs> um, that uh, the character and film story was based on the glamour wrestler Gorgeous George. All right, I good. mentioned that when I was watching it. I have mm-hmm. a uh, yep. Um, this picture was made and released about 15 years after the height of Gorgeous George's popularity, and he had already passed away. And the movie is is the movie came out in 78. Okay, so all right, math quick. Um, I you're talking to three guys here. Early sixties, it will bring it to. Where well, we he was WW. He became the first ever WWWF. No, that was Buddy Rogers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Well, we are just <laughs> well, gorgeous. I mean, well, gorgeous George. Gorgeous George was such George an George integral died figure in nineteen sixty-three. Okay, so that there we go. So okay. yeah, that's that tracks fifteen years. Such such an integral figure in the dawn of wrestling in that time. So and exactly th- that definitely popped in my head in this uh, after watching it a second time. <laughs> Because I enjoyed this movie so much. Uh huh. You bamboozled your girlfriend. I sure this. did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tricked your girlfriend to watch it. <laughs> so I had watched it once before. Decided to watch it again with my girlfriend without telling her uh, <laughs> anything about the movie. <laughs> and it, it took her a good while uh, to figure out that it was a wrestling movie. And boy, did she feel bamboozled. Yeah, Mikey said it's the twice and only. I'm gonna watch it two times. Um, the one thing I'll also mention. Um, so you know, as they were developing this film, um, the Winkler commented in an article that Gorgeous George had blonde curls and sprayed himself in the ring with perfume. If that doesn't shatter my Fonz image, nothing will. All right. That's, that's a good point. So he really was adamant, I think, more than anything in the development of this movie, uh, reading the script from the Hoff. That's what I call Dustin Hoffman. And uh, he, he, he had like an opposite Julia White effect where instead of trying to become the cool guy, he wanted to not be the cool guy. Yeah. He wanted to be the nerd. He wanted to be the wimp. I don't. That's so weird to me. As a sex symbol, as an icon, yeah. like he just like, I'm good. I don't want that. Because I'm not that. It blows my mind. Yeah. It's crazy to me. So let's let's talk about this. Let's dive in. So if if 1951 is where Andy Schmidt is in college, young Andy, where we open with, he's what 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably about there. Maybe a little. Yeah, and he is uh, hanging out in a room with his parents' friends. Yeah, they're all having they have a, little, a party. social party. And Andy, of course, being the you know the. Showman? Showman. I was going to say uh, uh, the performer. So I actually checked. It opened. Ha- yeah, the ahead. movie opened in 1938. So that's where we open on. Opening on this living room, 1938. Okay. 38. So not quite the World War yet. <laughs> We're not quite there. Andy is a uh, natural. He's got a charisma about him. And he naturally is a performer. 100%. He One of my favorite things that he does is when somebody asks him to sing, he asks his mom, are all your guests here? She goes, yeah, I think so. And then he gets this look on his face. He's like, small house. <laughs> yeah, he was hoping for a bigger draw. Yeah. yeah. Well, but like he wanted to make sure everyone was there. He wanted mm-hmm. to maximize his crowd. I mean, is this what white people did in the late 30s? Just dress up in like three-piece suits and gowns and hang out in the living room? Yes. Weird. That's what we're doing right now. Well, <laughs> yeah, because we wanted to have a fancy party. <laughs> fancy dress party. Yeah. I don't know. It just—it's like a weird thing to do because it doesn't seem like they're hanging out there for any other reason 
but to like see Andy's show. No, I mean, uh, no, I mean, they're having a po- house party. Andy just insists that he wants to, you know, he's got a, he's got an audience. Yeah. He wants to do his thing. Well, his mom asked him to sing. We're <laughs> we're also shown, which follows him later on in life, that he doesn't like being interrupted during his um, hates it during mm-hmm. his sh- his well, shtick. Because while he's singing Al Jolson's Mammy, he uh, will you pass the cucumber sandwiches? Hey, do you want to talk or do you want to hear me sing? <laughs> I pop so big at that. I'm like, that's a good point, kid. And then mom, the mom's like, Andy, apologize to Miss whatever. And he's like, I'm I apologize. sorry. Are, Are you, you done, done talking? Yet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. That was phenomenal. And that's all you need to know about Andy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now that pretty much that tells you everything you need to know about the character. And it's it blows. Andy Schmidt is the one and only. Well, before he's ever the one, the the lover. Yeah. Well, the- but that's in what my in my mind the lover is the one and only you know like like I always took that as his wrestling character but the one and only really refers to him as a person he right. is the one and only and he believes that from the time that he was twelve years old in front of this audience and he continues that as he gets older Andy always believed in himself he always knew he was going to be a superstar and he said it from the beginning yep. and there were a lot of people who doubted him and a lot of people who didn't believe that he was going to be this big superstar and he fucking, spoiler alert, fucking did it. Well, I'll be one of those people that will dissent because I have a real love-hate relationship with this film. When Andy went to uh, his girl, went to that girl's parents' house, did you like get like a little shell-shocked? I, <laughs> I felt very connected to Andy. A little very PTSD. Yeah, um, yeah, I knew what a lot what Andy was going through there. <laughs> um, so... I'm just going to put this out there. I really loved the movie. I really fucking hated Andy. Andy the person or or like Henry Winkler? As no, I love no, Henry Winkler's fantastic. I think Andy I think Henry Winkler is phenomenal. The character of Andy Schmidt is unbelievably unlikable. So are you saying yes. he's an unlikable character? He is, is my already dark horse pick for is M. He Harry an M. Harry Smilex yes. award winner. Now here's, Probably the biggest fucking M. Harry Smilex there ever was. Here's where I Here's where I will disagree with you because right. I think that M. Harry Smilak fucking wished he was Andy Schmidt. Okay? <laughs> Andy Schmidt was funny. Andy was able to get... What's so funny about him? Andy was able to... What's so funny every about Every fucking him? time he, he made funny. a joke, uh, People were popping. Mary fucking laughed and she smiled. Mary's a fucking psychopath. Mary. And we'll talk about Mary. <laughs> Listen, all you're gonna do is make him laugh. Make, make him, him laugh, laugh. And you can fucking get in their pants. <laughs> Listen, so... Uh, it, Okay, so we ha- he goes from a child, and it cuts to him in college, and he just sees this girl walk in, and he just starts staring, staring at, her. at her. Well, here's so I well, like how the very first that's the very first like real scene in the movie. We go from black and white to color, and you're so, right. Mary walks in. We see this first interaction where there's no discussion between the two except for weird eye contact. So I've already established that I hate Andy. Yeah. Mikey is kind of on the opposite of that. Jake, where are you landing on this? You know what? What are your feelings on Andy as a character? I I would hate Andy <laughs> if I knew him as a person. But if he was your friend. I would, I would be okay. Would he be your friend, though? Like, would you say this is the guy I'm going to hang around with? Here, I hang around with him. <laughs> I hang around with many of him. We are we all are him. Andy. We are Andy. There are people who fucking hate He's us, but we don't give a shit. He's the worst parts of us. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, uh, yeah, all I right. agree. All right. 
Um, so he starts, he's just staring at this girl who's trying to read this newspaper. And then she finally looks up and makes like a goofy ass face at him. And that's when he, and he, he knew he was in right there. Yep. He said, all right, there we go. Like this that's, is it. That was my in. That's and all her, I needed. And he didn't even need to say this genius pickup line, which was, do you pick your nose? Yeah, excuse and me? if you want to argue whether that was a genius pickup line, it fucking worked because they were on a date the next fucking night. Well, I, c- I couldn't imagine a girl as pretty as you picking her nose. Mm-hmm. And then she goes. I pick. I pick. Whoa. Yep. <laughs> Mary's, now, Mary's a fucking psychopath. So here's what Listen. I was thinking. Was that her trying to deter him? Yes. You think that was her trying to get him away? Yes. And then he goes, I want to take you out. She goes, why do you want to take me out? Good food, good conversation, perhaps some premarital sex. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. He is a man I know by the name of MTE. <laughs> All right. You know what? You mentioned this before we went on the air. And uh, for many of our listeners, you don't know who we're speaking of. We're talking about my cousin. Um, <laughs> the mass technical expert. The mass technical expert, Michael Tootsie Esquire. Mr. Tuesday um, evening. He was a seven-year college student, not a doctor. <laughs> And uh, he has a very specific way about him. And I do agree with you that there are, now that you bring it up and you say it and you put a face on it, yeah, a lot of his lines and sayings are absolutely that of MTE <laughs> and Andy Schmidt as one person. And, and, and the premarital sex line leads her to going, who are you? And he goes, the one and only Andy Schmidt? They said it. What? They did it. In right the first a, five minutes of the right film. Right a fucking way. You know, I love that shit. <laughs> <laughs> right away we get into it fucking up. He said it's, he's the one and only. So, Mikey, you, you tricked, you bamboozled your girlfriend into watching this film. Mm-hmm. Now, we kind of mentioned that wrestling doesn't pop up until later on in this film. Right. How is she feeling about this? She's in your boat uh, and can't stand Andy. Um, thinks he's an asshole. Okay. Okay. Um, so she <laughs> didn't find the charming aspects of Andy's courtship. But he was Mary. so funny. Is is your mother still good looking? Yes. Why? If I marry you, I don't want to have, have I don't want to have an old bag at forty six. Uh huh. <laughs> so good. <laughs> uh man, I noticed in some of the older movies we watched, but the overdubbing in this movie was crazy. Yeah, they need a little post work. I wonder if that was just them redoing dialogue, or if they're like we gotta change this completely. Like I don't know. I'm going to be a star or here's, a fireman. Here's like, a, he, like everything he says is a riot. I have that written down too. Um, is Andy, and I asked this to my girlfriend, is Andy cocky or confident? Here's the thing. I can't tell if he's doing shit intentionally. He's, like when he was he's, with his, he is. Like when he was with his football coach and they were all like, yeah. And he like yelled, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, coach. I thought everyone was going to yell at the same yeah, time. Come and on. I thought we were all going to say it together. But he's doing bits. He's doing shtick. You think so? 24-7. He's, he's cockfident. That's okay. what he is. So he's, he's a mix of the two. He's a mix of the two. He is always on show. Well, he, he never takes no for an answer. He, and he refuses to ever take a backseat to anyone. I'd like to see the scene. I would have liked one scene in this movie. I could have maybe changed my opinion on everything if there was one scene in this movie where he walked away from his audience and he just slumped over by himself and just had a moment of like 
Yes. Yes. We we get that. No. Just let's have the sigh of release of him being able to be himself. We get that at the very end of the fucking movie. No. Yes, we fucking do. No, because she says, I want the real you. You can have all the weirdos and all the freaks you want. She had to tell him But I want the real you. But the real him is still fucking fake Andy to her. Yes. So that's what I mean. That is him. No, No, no. But I'm just telling you that in my opinion, he is... On shtick, twenty four seven. He's always Andy on. Andy Schmidt is legitimately a psychopath. Yes, he's like looking at yes. people, trying to see emotions and trying to learn those emotions of why they're going. Hello, he, fellow humans. What's, what's what's the difference of somebody like uh, like Andy uh, to somebody uh, like Andy Kaufman? I, a guy who's Andy, always on, who's always looking to fucking because Andy Kaufman would get be that off when he was in people. his private okay, life. Look, if, so if, when you watch Man on the Moon, he's there with Courtney, Courtney um, Love, Sarkat. Yeah, <laughs> and there are those scenes where it's just him and her, and they're having a very real, very natural moment, and they're just being two people, two human beings connecting. Now think of the scene later in the movie where he comes in after his first wrestling match and he's taped up and he sticks into bed and then another mo- like oh like everything is overplayed. There's not one moment of real like human being emotion. When he got hurt at the football game and he's just that's like my fucking that's a great part too. But, but but I'm just saying that if they had just shown one scene where after they cart him off and he gets up and he's all alone in the locker room and he just had a sigh. I'm telling you, we no, get that at the don't. fucking no, we end. No, we don't. He's before never- she before she fucking knocks on the door and it's her there. If he had taken off his goddamn wig and thrown it at the window and then, like, if he no, had, he was happy. Yes, he was happy. He got everything that he wanted. And he and didn't the fucking listen. He didn't care if she knocked on his door or not. He was ready. Listen, mm. he gets in there. He sits down. He slumps down in the fucking chair. He's got his head down and he sticks his hand on the fucking phone. You're mad. He's ready that. to. That fucking happened. Never, I'm, no, sorry. I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Your your mind. Did not was, sit in I'm a chair sorry. Your mind. Was down. already made up. No. And you already made them. Then he put the revolver in his part. mouth. <laughs> if that had been a scene, if he put a gun in his mouth, I would buy it, and then I could forgive everything he else he did in that movie. Nope. You fucking go back and watch I, it. I saw it fucking twice, and it, that's what fucking <laughs> happened. All right, there, killer. I mean, this is the type of dude. But he's like, I talked to Carl Reiner. <laughs> Uh, you know, in, in that scene where he's with his theater coach and they're practicing for theater, this dude's in a cape. And I'm like, if he had stayed in that cape the entire film, I wouldn't have been surprised. <laughs> Even I, on the football field. I can't stand how he refuses to take any direction because he always needs to upstage everyone no matter what. Right. Like, he can never be, like, a secondary guy. He has No. To be- he had one fucking line in that goddamn thing and he's stretching it out. He's not stretching it out. He's making it. He's making it all about him. And he's ruining and the play. The point. He's the fucking one and only. He doesn't care if he ruins the play. He wants the reaction from the fucking. But you should it care matter. if he's ruining the play. Yes, you should care. I don't. As a viewer, no, nope. no, because you're all in on Andy. I'm all in that's on Andy he's a perfect, Schmidt. That's why he's a perfect wrestler because he can just fucking st- try to steal the fucking exactly. the whole show all the when time. When he is on, if they do the gurney scene. He takes that one hit. He he's doubled over. That's when he learns to sell. He fucking, he he rolls off the gurney once. They get him back on it, and he's he, he kind of smiles. He's got his eyes closed because uh-huh. he hears the adulation of the fucking audience. Yep. And he's like, "Slow it down. Don't take your time." Listen, we both agree with you on and this. And then like, his girlfriend's pissed at him for doing that. Mm-hmm. By the way. Not his girlfriend. She's engaged. Yeah, they yeah. are not Let's together yet. She's not only engaged to someone else. She's also saving herself for marriage. 
Um, they, no, see, I don't, I, th- I think he was saving herself himself no. from marriage. She didn't. That's not that's something she wanted to do. If you're a virgin, it's okay. I won't tell anyone. I'm very discreet. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking asshole! How could she be? What? Watch back on that scene. And he just she the- fucking. She's a little bit embarrassed, but holy shit, this guy's him, fucking funny, and he makes me laugh. Screaming that out is basically telling everyone else around him that we're going to fuck yep. later, and, and I won't tell anyone. When she's when you know he, <laughs> we get to the scene where he's the biggest douchebag of all. The car scene. The car scene. That's right okay. after. That's right after the football thing mm-hmm. where she's mad at him for faking the football. But injury. here's the thing. She's still parking with him in the fucking car. They're making out. They're uh, getting the second base. I here. love with your where your hand is. What do you mean my hands are around you? Oh, <laughs> oh I'm sorry. sorry. That's where that my, was hand my hand is. Oh. Fucking hilarious. That was funny. Fucking um And then he kicks her out of the car twice. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh geez. You know what? Get out of the car. You're Shh. she gets out of the car and then he fucking drives two feet and goes, You're acting like a child. Get back in the car. He, uh, she says to him, "You're only fun as a stranger." Ooh, but that's so. It's but that's so, the truth. Yeah, that's the truth because she's she doesn't accept him as a real human being I because would, he's so ridiculous. Yeah, I don't think it would be able to have a fucking friendship with that guy. He's just too much. So let's talk about the the evolution of what Andy's become she, because I think we need to get this this out of the way. Both parents dead. <laughs> car, car accident. Car accident. Uh, <laughs> What, what would you say if he was driving the other car? <laughs> so I shouldn't tell you I was driving the other car? What Mother a fucking nutcase. Like, again, they had an opportunity to have a real human moment to show why he is the way he is, and he undercuts it with a joke. Listen, that's what he, why does he want to he, talk about his fucking dead family for? now, he is me. <laughs> <laughs> she, um, she, she also says to him, uh, I'm sorry, I just... I don't need her, right? Right. Uh, I love her, you asshole. Yeah, she says, God, I wish you were sane. Oh, my God. I wish you were fucking normal. Throughout the entire movie, she goes, why did it have to be him? Mm-hmm. But like, but uh, she loves him. All and right. she loves how he makes her feel. In the fucking, after the car scene, after he fucking kicks her out, makes her drive home with fucking strangers, random old she's people. still... Goes back to him. So that she's sitting with her husband, her soon-to-be husband, that she just engaged. Well, she just got engaged to after the car scene. Yeah, so I have to say that I did find it hysterical that when the roommate is mentioning it, it's like, oh, man, did you see the engagement in the school newspaper? They don't do in wedding engagements no, in the school newspaper. They did back then. <laughs> no, they did in, not. In 51, they did. They especially didn't do it in 1951. Are you kidding me? Um, <laughs> when he meets her fiancé... And her fiance Paul. goes, Paul. And Paul goes, That's it. Put him up. He goes, I'm not putting him up. Why? Because I'm a chicken. Buck, 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 yep. buck. Puts the chair, in, the front chair of him. in front of him. So Motherfucker. Can't. But even, That's even, hilarious. even before that, she's sitting there with fucking Paul. And, and she she's miserable. Well, no, she's she asks fucking, Paul to fuck. She's exact, which is my fucking point. He's like, I thought we said we'd save it for. She doesn't want to save it. She doesn't want to be. With this lame ass fucking doctor, lame ass. He's a huge muscular yeah. jock. Yeah. Well, to her, it doesn't matter to her. She's she's lame. So it doesn't matter to, to you. Her. Sounds like you're in love no. with Andy. She is miserable with him. 
She doesn't give herself a chance to be with, with Paul. Paul. What do you mean? She was already with him before, months before well, this we, date even happened. All, we don't even know what the real history is between her and she Paul. She says they we were don't. together for at least four months. Four months? In the 50s, that's four years long. If that was before she even met Andy, she goes, I'm the, I'm the ever-popular Mary Crawford, and I'm... Uh, I'm unavailable. So, <laughs> right. like, even before then. So then you have to assume it's been like time has passed, and then she got engaged. So like even more time, you know. And then he barges in. Right. <laughs> she can't say no to him either, because even when they first met, and she's he's just following her, and she's like trying to say no, but he's not taking it. He goes, "Where do you live?" And she tells him which like sorority she lives at. So I have I have I have one theory about that. About. About why she does all this. A little bit of a spoiler alert. But uh, later on in the film, we see that he is uh, a hypnotist character. Hmm. I posit that uh, following the death of his parents, he went to go live with an ancient magician (laughs) and learned the arts of hypnotism. I mean, that is a lot of showman to it. Mm Mm-hmm. So and it wouldn't, I guess it wouldn't be the most far-fetched thing. So so you're saying he hypnotized her? Yes. Yes. Okay. Why would she immediately tell him all of the personal information that she had? Because he read Good conspiracy the, theory. Yeah, he read the uh, the dating expert. Like, and there's also <laughs> there's some people that his his hypnotism doesn't, doesn't work, work for, on. like the father, uh, and like uh, 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 Seltzer, um, his the promoter. Right. Yeah. Well, but but that way he doesn't have his thrall over them. But he is. He always keeps on trying. Mm-hmm. He keeps on trying to put that work to good, you know, putting that power to it's u- like use. The, it's like the realistic hypnotism where it's just like positive affirmation, positive affirmation. Yes. Just like, it's not like the look into like look into this watch right. or whatever. It's just like the, you keep telling him this and boom and boom and like the movement. And, and that's why later in the movie when he does the hypnotism gimmick, it's so over the top because he's just having fun with it because he's a real hypnotist. Interesting. Conspiracy theory of 2019, right which, here, baby. Which already sets it off of the fact that Mary could never actually choose him because she never had a choice. Um, Interesting. This big, the big play happens. He fucking ruins it. Oh my god! Like again, he just had to do the one line. That crowd loved every fucking second. But it ruined the entire yeah. play. How did they? He had one line. It didn't ruin the whole play. Yes. How did I'm they sure the rest, the rest of the rest play of it. sucked. Yeah, because of that one moment, because oh, nope. it took everyone out of it. It yep. was great. Because some over-the-top douchebag. Imagine, yeah. okay, imagine you're in a match, and the referee just starts doing fucking cartwheels and jumping up and down on the ropes. It's yeah, like, it's hey, can you um, can you not do that? It's like, no, I got to steal the show because I'm the referee. <laughs> how would you feel about that? That's completely different. No, how is that no different? it's not how is it different? different. How is you it different? You are a supporting actor. You are a background I'm not an actor in this no, no, play. I don't I'm, give a shit. But you are a I'm back- an audience member in this fucking... Why are you putting yourself in the fucking shoes of the the uh, oh, the if, king of the fucking movie? I okay. mean, of the, of the play. By the way, king of the, king of the movie, Ed, Ed Begley, Begley Jr. Jr. Oh. <laughs> You may uh, recognize that name from Mr. Nanny. Uh, no, no, not Mr. Nanny. Uh, Santa with muscles. Yeah. yeah. Mm. When we start doing uh, movies with pro wrestlers in them, we'll get to that. We'll oh, get yeah. there. We'll get there. There's a few in there. Uh, yeah, Ed Begley Jr. I was surprised to see him in there. He didn't look like Ed Begley Jr. Because he was 1978 Ed Begley Jr. <laughs> so Mikey more to your to- theory, JC. Uh-huh. Uh, after... He meets the fiance. She leaves both. She's like, "All right, I'm out of here, Andy. I'll talk to you later." Like she, like he even has a choice. Yeah. 
But she says, so they're in bed together after this. Well, they fuck. They skip. I know. They well, fuck. I know exactly here's what you're th- gonna say. But here's he the, sa- well, go ahead. She says, uh, every night I go to bed praying that I won't be in love with you in the morning, which. I'm sure she goes to bed praying that, but he's got his uh, he's got his he's got his hypnotism he's on got her, and she wakes up and she's still in love with him every day. Um, how about the line, "We're in love with the same person"? Yes, <laughs> that's yeah, that's amazing. Um, when like in that scene <laughs> where do you do you love me? Oh, come on, you know, of course I do. As much as you love yourself. Oh, it's like apples and oranges. (laughs) (laughs) It was a very subtle line in the scene still at the college before they officially became uh, a couple where Mary's just sitting there and he comes into the bedroom and she's like, the police will be here soon. It's just like, and he's like, I know. It's because he broke into the sorority. Right. Right. But it's one of those things again where he's. Something else that he does. I bet bet she bailed him out. Yes. Something else that he does is when, uh, when she first meets Paul, he's like, Oh, you must be the fiance. It's so nice to meet you. I'm her lover. Uh, <laughs> I, I assume it, you'd be okay if I still had her on the weekends. <laughs> yeah, and then he starts kissing her neck. Yes, oh, and she God. like doesn't like stop it. Nope. And he's and he doesn't stop uh-huh. it. So it's like they're hypnotized. Yes. <laughs> JC, <laughs> fucking damn good conspiracy theory. Just fucking. Rip- you know what? He hypnotized me, baby. Oh, uh, he sure did. <laughs> and then uh, he finally meets the parents. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was um, uh, Robert De Niro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can you milk me, Andy? <laughs> the father played by uh, Mr. Feeney mm-hmm. with Sans mustache. Who looks exactly the same. Minus the mustache. Minus the mustache, but that's a man that did not age. And he had Arn Anderson disease. Yes, and the mother uh, was on the show Alice. She played the character Flo. Oh, yeah. Well, I did not know that. That's yeah. great. Um, and he, their son Sherman was on an episode of Beyond Belief, Fact or Fiction. <laughs> Sherman? <laughs> Sherman? I had a hamster named Sherman. Oh my my God. father's name was Sherman. And so he uh, passed away. <laughs> it's okay, so did my hamster. <laughs> mom. <laughs> mom. Dad. You can call me Tom. Oh, Mom and Tom. It's perfect. <laughs> I love him in this. I don't know why. I don't know. I'm getting you hypnotized. You were hypnotized too. <laughs> getting hypnotized. <laughs> I am not under the thrall of Andy <laughs> no, Schmidt. No. So they uh, they moved to New York. Yeah. So do we know where they were? Like, where were they living? Do we know where that was established? Were they? I think well, they were like in Illinois or well, something. Like oh, some where they were town. living before yeah. that? Like where college was, where the home was. Um, it says where the college was in the synopsis, but I can't remember. Yes. I think it was somewhere in the uh, Midwest. Or All something. right, so it's a Midwest small podunk town, mm. and you know, Andy's got dreams of being an actor. He's got dreams of grandeur, and it kind of made. And I understand why, movie wise, why they would go to New York, but wouldn't you go to L.A.? Um, you go to Hollywood. I feel like he went to New York because the, that's more like the the place, like even especially in the fifties, like yeah. New York. If you can place. make it there, you can make it anywhere, right? Like it's the city that never sleeps. It was still shitty New York, like it was, yeah, they, fucking like, hookers and fucking yeah. Times, Times Square. Square was a fucking mess, but to, <laughs> okay. but to Andy and and of course like everybody else sees that this fucking apartment is a piece of shit, except for Andy. Yes, to him, he loves it. He's like, you never hear about any actor that didn't start off in a shitty little place hey, like this. Hey, you remember, I, I took my first piss at fucking, uh, you know, the Sardi's, the, the Sardi's restaurant. First like, time I peed in New York City was at Sardi's. Every little thing to him, is spe- you know, he's saying hi to all the actors sitting by him. All the like, 
all the pictures. That man's a monster. How long was he holding in his pee for? They moved to New York. <laughs> they moved in, and then they went to the restaurant, and He's then he had to pee. He's got a bladder like a camel. God <laughs> damn it, Andy the camel. So they're living in poverty. He goes into a, um, uh, a film agent's office posing as somebody else. Uh, yeah, Kermit the Frog did the same thing in The Muppets <laughs> Take Manhattan. <laughs> Oh, hello, I'm Andrew Schmidt here. Uh, I'm looking to speak to uh, Mr. Uh, Guatemalo. Oh, I am Ray Romano. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's the same fucking bit. Fuck. And then, uh, as he's trying to do that, he's tra- he's wooing over this uh, secretary. Uh, hypnotizing. Loving it. Hypnotizing. Oh God, you're fucking right. She, she was, like, laughing she was loving, at all of his But that's the stick. reaction... That Mary gives them. That's the reaction that people. Even the mother gets gets hypnotized at some point. Even the mother gets hypnotized uh, eventually because he's just so irresistible. Yeah, but know who else the little secretary loves? It's Hervé Villages. <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell, but he's gonna munch <laughs> Uh, yeah, let's just let's keep that to ourselves. We're not keeping it to ourselves. We just announced you it. You did. Hervé Village has star of Fantasy Island, known as Tattoo. Is he playing? Is he playing? Fucking Milton the Midget comes out. With, with a sweet mustache. That is a creepy fucking stash. <laughs> so again, as Lumberjake mentions, like he can't take a backseat to anybody. He sees Milton come in, and he's like, oh, I, like this, I got to say I'm with him. And then he starts burying Milton because he's short, and he's like, "Hey, remember who you saw first? <laughs> like, just like, so trying to undercut him. At this point, as we're introduced to the midget, as we're introduced to the fact that he cannot get a meeting in New York with anybody for a job, Mary has been the sole breadwinner. She is at the office in 1951, which is like kind of an unheard of thing, you know, women in the yeah. workplace. And she sits there. Her mom calls her, and she's crying on the phone. Uh, is that a personal call? <laughs> no. No. And then he comes back. Is that a personal call? No. No. Can't you give, give me, me some, some privacy. privacy? The woman's crying. crying. I, I thought it was personal. a personal call. Like <laughs> that was hilarious. That, that was great. That was goddamn hilarious. That was great. But she's at her breaking point. Why? Because Andy's not there and cannot hypnotize her into submission. Those were her moments of her free thought and talking to her mother and realizing, wait a second. I'm the only motherfucker working and paying bills. Her mother is also crying. Yeah. At this horrible, poverty-stricken place, but they have a great view. (laughs) Right. But, like, okay, Andy's a struggling actor. He's trying to become an actor. Mm -hmm. And it's not until pro wrestling that he actually tries to take any other kind of job. Yeah. You can't go work at a fucking fruit stand. You can't go sell a fucking paper on the corner. No. No, that's not what what he wants. Motherfucker. Then Hervé Villachez tells him, I, I do a little wrestling on the side. I'm like, 42 minutes in, and there's finally wrestling <laughs> said. <laughs> well, this is, this is, they go out to, they, they do the scene with the secretary, then they go out to dinner after. Hey, come, come, come out to lunch with me. I think you're funny. So, we're also, at this point, also find out that Mary's pregnant. Yes. Yeah. So, not only is he a struggling actor in New York and has no money. Now he has her trapped. They're going to bring a child into this Mm -hmm. world. A loser child. A loser fucking dirtbag child. Hey, 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 let's relax. A loser child with a bun haircut. (laughs) And um, I love this wrestling promoter so much. Sal uh, Seltzer. Sal Seltzer. Um, He's amazing. He's just talking about how he found out his son's a fagula. (laughs) You little fagula? That was... That 
kept Sydney Seltzer keep fucking bringing that Sydney shit up Seltzer. over and over again. Is is he is he gay? Is he trans? Is he androgynous? Like what's what's the, what's up with this? I love him like yeah. a daughter. This kid. <laughs> oh, you need some hand me downs. I got boy and girl clothes. Yeah, like all of it's just so funny, and it would probably be offensive, but it was offensive at the end when he finally dropped the f word. Yeah, yeah. you could mail him to St. Louis for under a dollar. Oh, talk about fruits. I bought my son a football, and he decorated it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, is that even a thing, really? So I have bedazzled another, it. I have another hot take. So Mr. Seltzer mm-hmm. is coming off as a very uh, bigoted individual, but here's what you have to keep in mind: this is 1951. He is actually accepting yeah. of his homosexual son. Yeah, I agree with that. So I wouldn't say accepting. Um, it is 1951, and he has not murdered his son. <laughs> oh, so right. okay, correct. Fair enough. <laughs> He he talks to his son. He actively tries to get his son a boyfriend, asking if Henry Winkler is a fagula. Are, okay. you, are you a fagula? My, my son. He's like, All right. yeah. This is that's progressive. So we're in we're in nineteen fifty one pro wrestling locker room in this environment. He's on show. You talk about Andy Schmidt being on show twenty four seven. Sidney Seltzer's on show, and he's just playing up the gay stuff yeah. because you know he's just trying to you know keep oh well my son's a fag oh but he loves his son. And Very he's so. there to, he's open about it. If this was 1951, he'd be He clogged. would never talk about it. Right. So I actually think that this is a very nuanced performance here where he's doing the best he can. One of my favorite um, lines is when he's, uh, Tattoo's trying to pitch uh, Henry Winkler as a wrestler. And he goes, you can do David versus Goliath. And the promoter goes, I've been doing David versus Goliath for years. I've, I've been doing it so much, I've got, I'm up to my ass in slingshots. <laughs> and it's so true. It's like David versus Goliath and wrestling is so, it's, it's done. It's over, you know? He, he uh, Sidney Seltzer says to Andy, he goes, have you ever wrestled before? Lie! <laughs> <laughs> I wrestled, wrestled a little bit. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I'm a big fan of Sidney Seltzer. And I, I think, again, he's very nuanced. For a guy that was born in like 1910, yeah. And like you yeah. know, is sitting here older than that? Really? He's yeah, a, he's more than fifty. I picked him at fifty, but he's probably a little bit older. But you know, Maybe, those guys. Oh, I don't know. Those guys back then, fifty in those times, they looked like ninety, <laughs> right? And, exactly. And twenty-year-olds look fifty. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. No, and ten-year-olds like, looked six. <laughs> like everyone was, the ages were all over. So, boys, let me ask you: Is wrestling real or fake? Fake. I um I say fake. Uh, um, see, I was I was torn back and forth because so they were work. So here's the thing: they were working Andy. So that first match was specifically designed to break him in. Yeah, they're roughing him up, or they're, to maybe like make him sure he never comes back, that type of thing, or make him sure that he's gonna survive. Okay, it. like you know, if this guy's if they he's were testing stick, him. yes, it was a test. War hero Andy versus Indian Joe. Right. Um. And Indian Joe hates white people. Indian <laughs> Indian Joe, um, three way theater all star. Oh, incorrect. What? What? Right. What? What? Indian Joe is the big Indian guy. Yeah, India. Yeah. Not it, the big fat guy. It, Indian Joe's Chavo uh, Chavo Guerrero. Was it? Yes. yes. It was. Get out of town. Yes. Was. He looks so big compared to Henry mm-hmm. Winkler. <laughs> well, that's yeah. <laughs> compared to Henry, yeah. <laughs> Not the only three way theater all star because the big fat guy, the, the elephant, elephant, the elephant as well, yeah. was both in Mad Bull. And ready to rumble. That's as right. Besuction. And had, both had good like, um, like scenes yes, as well. Yes, very much. So. Um, Andy before he's wrestling the Indians. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Milton says, "Don't do anything against the rules. That's the Indians' job." 
So That's right now they're, they're setting up, you know, heels and baby faces. Um, and Andy even says like, "No one's supposed to get hurt, right? He knows not to hurt me, right?" No, no one will get hurt, right? Uh, it's just about pain. A little pain makes the selling easier. Yes. <laughs> I yeah. I think it was definitely like they presented it as real to Andy the first time around, mm-hmm. and then afterwards everything the veil has been lifted, and now they realize that it's a work. Unlike the synopsis makes it <laughs> seem. Yes. And then upon learning it's a work, Andy immediately goes into the fucking. I'm the hypnotist now. Well, yeah, except first, that's a shoot. His first gimmick is a war hero. Yes. Well, that wasn't a gimmick he got to choose. He right, was it was given to him. As a, he killed Nazis, like, blah, blah, I mean, blah. You and when s- I realized how old this movie was supposed to be. <laughs> right. Well, the thing about it, too, you can see the progress, the uh, the way his characters progress between each um, each character. Because you know his first gimmick as the war hero, he just has a bathrobe on. Yeah, right. He's really got no gear, yeah. so to speak. Uh, it's just kind of thrown together. So I, I definitely Mandela affected this movie where my I, I remember seeing bits and pieces of this previously. And I believe that the kind of the gorgeous George version of this character was in a lot more of the movie. No. Yeah. I, I always thought it was like the whole time. Yeah. Like he was this character of the entire time. But no, he's this evolution where he starts as the war hero, becomes the hypnotist. I just I, 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 I knew in my mind. I knew nothing about this movie beforehand, so it that that. Okay. Really... Oh, we should have discussed if we'd yeah, ever seen this. Yeah. No. It's almost like somebody should have <laughs> had a list written down of stuff <laughs> we should do. Hey, we're getting there. Off uh, the hair, huh? So, I when he does the hypnotist gimmick, I'm dying because the lady in the crowd losing her shit. <laughs> Wait, he's a hypnotist. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so good. I have fucking amazing here as well. Because he's, he's, he's hypnotizing uh, the elephant. He's hypnotizing the, the ref. ref. No, he's getting the ref now. <laughs> it's such a good gimmick. I want to bring it back to NCW. It's pretty awesome. It's a yeah. I'm surprised gimmick. it hasn't been done more so. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> like, uh, we saw that in Glow, too, when Junk Chain used the, uh, yes. used the okay. voodoo powder. The voodoo. That's right. That was cool. Um, one of the things I realized at this point in the film is that at least the filmmakers, or at least the world, presents wrestling as a bad thing. Like wrestling is a very negative thing. Yeah, well, wrestling's not a thing really because it, it's right. 1950s, and if only people that go to wrestling shows know about wrestling. Yeah, well, he, and he, like they do a good job of. Um, what do you, you mean know, you're wrestling for a living? Nobody, nobody wrestles. wrestles. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean he wrestles? Nobody. You mean they pay him to wrestle? That's when my girlfriend looked at me and said, "Boy, does this feel real." <laughs> <laughs> Is that when it really started sinking in? <laughs> and then Mikey tried hypnotizing her. And then I said, look at this view. <laughs> so was there, do you guys think that there was a cut scene uh, between the confession of like what he's been doing and like the next, like he gets no, in the I bed, he's he's wrapped up in his his tape and she's like, you better tell me what's going on right now. I was beat up, in, I was beat up by an Indian, I'll tell you in the morning. Yeah. And she's like, this, like, no, you're going to tell me now. Well, he had lied and said that he was meeting a photographer yeah. and doing those type of things when he was actually training with Milton. Well, I thought it was a cut scene, but now I believe more than ever that he was like, fine, I'll tell you what's going on. Snapped his fingers, cuts the next scene because she just got knocked out. She, he pulled sleep. out the fucking <laughs> Men in Black thing and psh, yep. hypnotized. Yep. Um, it was at this point in the movie that I realized that the elephant, Milton, and Sydney are us. <laughs> 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 and also, um, the elephant asked for peanuts, and I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> what was Do you eating? have something more crunchy, perhaps like peanuts? What was he eating before that? Like, it looked, I thought he was eating like butter. 
Like he would, <laughs> he would a stick of butter, li- a, not a stick of butter, but like the little, the little ones you get at restaurants that are oh, they're they're Does sealed look individually. <laughs> yeah, that's what it looked like he was. Maybe eating. like little mints or something. I hope that's what he was doing. I don't know, but that's amazing. Because that's why he wanted something more crunchy. Because the butter was fucking butter. Right, and then um, so the parents come to visit. Yeah, because they're talking about like this. They're like, it's a, like a circus. It's a circus atmosphere. And she's like, no, it's not a circus. I like, it's really fine. Everything's good. And then the fucking circus comes to town. And like, Mary's yet to meet any of these people, right? So she knows nothing. What's about to walk through the door? But, but Andy's now fit. just trying to fucking. He's peacocking, trying to show up against uh, Mr. Feeney. Hey, where's your shitter, <laughs> Sydney? I'll come say hi after I shit. I respect that. Yeah. It's wrestling. He has bowel irritation. Sydney is like me because whenever (laughs) I show up at a new place, I got to take a dumper. so true. Yeah, I got to dump it out. And Mike always sticks his hand at the first dress he sees. (laughs) (laughs) How long are you in New York? He was being so creepy. He was... She was not into it. So uh, the entire movie at all. No, the entire movie they are setting. They keep on saying that he's that, a ladies' man. Yeah, I mean, so guy that, gets laid up six times a day. But does he? Yes, yes I believe he's got it, a huge dick. It's the curiosity factor. But then he but, already fucked the secretary. But Mrs. Crawford doesn't feel that way. Well, that's different. How? Because she's any, not from New York. In, in like any other movie, it would have been like. The wife is like into it, right, and like right. the husband's like. And then Remember, like up- when the wife was obsessed with the slammer? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, exactly, same thing. Exactly the same thing, and she was like smitten, and then into the bang and whatever. But no, she was not into this guy, and he kept trying to stick her hand up her dress to the point where she freaked out because she was sexually assaulted. And <laughs> she lo- was absolutely, and she lost her mind about mm-hmm. it, like screaming. Now, was this before or after Mary had asked them for money? This was uh, after, bef- I believe. Yeah, this is after. Okay. Yeah. Well, it was asked for money. They're going to take a trip to New York and find out that she's okay. Like, yeah. so, well, when when she reveals to Andy that she did ask for money, he fucking flips out. Toxic, toxic masculinity. I'm furious. Fuck- he's <laughs> he's throwing things. He picks up one thing to throw. And she goes, we I haven't, haven't paid, paid for that, that yet. And he turns and throws something else. So <laughs> that was my note where I said Andy is a day away from becoming Chris Benoit. And yep. no, his wife's away from a day away from becoming Chris Benoit. He, she's going to murder him. Oh no! Well, so and this is where I was wondering again if this is a show or if this is real, Andy. Because if it's a moment of real, like reality, no, no, but, no, but it's no. all a fucking show again. It's like I'm fake mad. He really was. He literally goes, "I'm furious." And picks up something smashes, and just throws it. Like, but throws he smashes weekly. a lot of fucking... No, he smashed some shit pretty He's, hard. He was trying to be... But it, again, I was like, ooh, is this him actually... No, no. No, it but wasn't. it wasn't. It was all just another fucking gag. And like, oh, you throw something now. <laughs> He's like, get out. Get out. If you pack thing one, you're out of here forever. divorced. Yeah. She starts packing. Um, well, and then he, here's the thing. Because she will call him out on his bullshit at times. Yeah. And she will call him an asshole and say you're being a piece of shit. Um, and I, I think that he he knows that. Yeah, he's not he, doing anything to fix it. What is because he, he doesn't need he, he doesn't he think he needs to fix it. He promises that he's done wrestling, and what happens the very next night? Mm-hmm. He goes. He sneaks out to wrestle. Yeah, yeah. You take your toothbrush and you get out of here. Was that later? That's later. That's a little bit later. Uh, because uh, he because goes he wrestles Leatherneck Joe Brady first. No, yeah, but who's that? Rowdy Roddy Piper. I watched it twice. The first time I watched it, I was like, that looks like Roddy Piper. The second time I watched it, I was like, I don't know if that's Roddy Piper. 
Rowdy Roddy wow, Piper okay, playing cool. Leatherneck Joe Brady. In his feature film debut. Wow. Oh, shit. And would not be his last, I don't think. No? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> good, good call, Lumber Jake. <laughs> and then uh, they do the same match in every town. Yeah, yes. The best fucking montage ever is just him <laughs> smashing his opponents over the head and with his helmet. Go, no, no, no. Opponent. <laughs> it's <laughs> Roddy guy. Piper. It's Leatherneck Joe Brady. Every I thought he was in different outfits at different nope. times. Nope. No, he was doing the Nazi gimmick pretty much straight through no, the No, about his opponent. I oh, thought he was wearing Same town, or different town, same, same match. match. Which, I, that's when I really, it cemented to me that wrestling was fake. Mm-hmm. And not oh, yeah. the hypnotism, weirdly. Right. Uh, <laughs> also, uh, Hard-Boiled Haggerty is in there. Yep. He played the bartender in Mad Bull. Oh, and yeah. he yelled at, uh, he yelled at Tattoo going, God damn it, you hit me in the nuts again. And Tattoo goes, that's not where I hit. Which is a callback to earlier when he goes, hit me in the stomach. And the the promoter goes, that's not where he that's hits. That's not where he hits. I love that. <laughs> I love that callback. So they're all in the bar. They're hanging out. And uh, Andy's Mrs. Mary. And uh, the promoter kind of just tells him how it is. And I like, I, he's right. Sid is right. He's just very honest about things and said, this is the life. This is what you always wanted. Like, Yeah, you're, you're built to be a freak like us. You're built to be like one of us. You're built to be on the road. You're built to be with the weirdos. And Andy still has this this hope in his eye, this glimmer that he thinks he's more, to be more he's than. He's better than. Uh, and also apparently pulled in the direction of missing his wife. Like I'm, the, like, I'm an actor. And Sydney's like, well, why, why aren't you acting? Yep. And during all this time while he's on tour, his child has been born. Yes. Correct. He has missed the birth of his child. Mm-hmm. And like Tattoo kind of just kind of tells him, you know. Well, he gave, he gave his wife a promise. And if three months he didn't have an acting gig, he would start looking for a regular job. He would start job. looking for a regular job. And he was done with wrestling. Right. But that wasn't true. He went on tour right away. And so he's been on tour the entire time, and it wasn't until this av- this conversation with Sid and then with uh, Tattoo. Tattoo Milton <laughs> Milton uh, that, that he hung it up. That he just like I got it because Milton basically said, "Go to your wife, the wife, the wife." <laughs> well, he le- he leaves the tour to see yes, her. Yes, he skips he the tour. Skips the yeah. tour to go back to her, and this is this is as think as close as you're gonna get to that real scene of Andy no. of him. Saying, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna quit. I'm gonna go back to my wife. He, wor- he's working for his, his wife, dad. Well, they, like, like, let's he's talk about a regular job. Top salesman, salesman at the insurance company. Let's right. talk about his romantic gesture for a moment. Showing up at the parents' house late at night and <laughs> throws a pebble at the window, uh-huh. and then he chucks a rock. <laughs> well, listen, he, she didn't answer the pebbles. Well, this is where I wrote that. This is where Mary dessert. I no, I said. That dumb bitch Mary deserves Andy at this point because she is so quick to forgive. And she's so happy to see him. She's so she was Andy. Now I just had a baby and I'm not wearing makeup and I'm totally in bed. But so, you just remember have to, have to remember how beautiful I look. Right, like shut the fuck up, Mary. She's under his spell. And are you gonna come in? Well, yeah, I'm gonna come in. But make sure when I come in, like they're doing all this fucking shtick with each other. He's he and he's like, go and, to the door. Yeah. Every time he start walking, Andy. Yeah. Um, Open the fucking door. Also, I love when the elephant insults Mr. Feeney, but going, oh, insurance, that must be really easy to do. Well, you know, Gorilla Gottlieb, <laughs> he's one of my friends. His real name's not Gorilla, though. <laughs> Dumbest guy I've ever known. He sells insurance. Not to undercut what you do, though. You do a really good elephant impression. It's really good. Thank you. <laughs> 
Um, and of course, Mr. Uh, Feeney is back again when Andy comes into their bedroom after being introduced to his son. <laughs> he wakes them up to tell them, I'll see you in the morning. <laughs> that fucking cunt. Andy's a goddamn cunt. You understand me? Um, uh, most likable. So he he leaves the business. He's Andrew now. He's Yes, he's now Andrew. He's now Drew. <laughs> Drew Schmidt. <laughs> Drew Schmidt. The one of many, Drew Schmidt. The one of many. Perfect. Amazing. Uh, he leaves the business, and he's happy. He's out of the business. He's, but he's not. He is happy. He is happy, and he goes, the only people I need to be in front of are you and you to him and his mom, him and his 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 child. No. It was the mother-in-law. The oh. mother-in-law. Um, I don't know where the baby was at this point. But. So Car here's... The, they, they didn't have baby seats then. <laughs> um, the wife seems to... That she almost wants him to start fucking acting again. I agree with that. That is like, what I wrote down she, as well. It, almost like she's pushing she, him back into the business. Exactly, because he he's... It's like he finally is home and she's kind of getting. Now what she's she, bored of it, and she's like, "Yeah, she's like, I'm sick of you." It's like, "What? The, what, what do you want? God what do you want, Mary? It, Drew shit. <laughs> what do you want, Mary?" And she's like, "Yeah, I I, I told the community uh, that he, you'd help with the community theater because they could use a real she's actor." Like, Why would I want to do that? Yeah, he's like, "No, I don't want to do that. I, I'm the only people I need to be in front of are you and you." But and here's the thing: he doesn't crack like one joke. He's not making her laugh like he used to. He's yes. He's giving her what she wanted, mm-hmm. though, and what and her parents wanted. What she thought she wanted. Yes. So you're you're positing that now she's like trying to push him back in. Now, she, now yes. she fe- now she's like, well, I might as well have just married fucking Paul. So let me ask you this: Do you think that this this big blow up scene that that is coming back is that all a part of her plan, or is now she back to being actually <laughs> upset? No, I think she was actually upset again yeah. because okay. she likes the thought of him doing it, but then when he actually does it, she realizes what it actually means for her. It's it's She can't have it both ways. She wants it both ways, but she can't have it both ways. She's like, oh, here's a local community theater so you can stay with me all the time and still act. So maybe she's trying to find a middle ground. Compared to something like national tv touring wrestling where he gets a telegram that she did not she give him burned yes she burned so him. why even bring it up to him exactly I because agree. he saw it on tv when the brothers were flipping through the channel that's right Look, well, wrestling's yeah. on tv but later on that night when she informs him that she got the telegram and then burned it because if he finds out that he got that kind of telegram and she didn't tell him at all what do you think is going to happen I don't know, probably nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> He'll fake, get mad, and start sm- smashing stuff. If you burn one more telegram, I'm divorcing you. Burns a telegram. <laughs> All right, come Andy's on, Andy's wife goes, if you go, if you leave, I'm going to divorce you. I'm. It's, it's over. So uh, they get a divorce. <laughs> well, like, Immediately, like, the next day, he's leaving to go wrestle. And she's so, like, didn't you forget this, a toothbrush? My favorite line in the whole movie, and <laughs> I had to replay it <laughs> a few different times. You're going to miss your train. She was upset. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. The train. She, she was upset. Her voice she, legit. It, like, cracked. I was, I was watching it with my sister, and she goes, did, like, her voice like really crack and then they like, post edited it like another just like what you're gonna miss your try listen she was very upset at Andy so bad it was so bad <laughs> um, 
I have a couple lines here. Oh, and I don't please know, go for it. I don't know if it was, if it was uh, before or after, but he um, he's laying in bed, and this is again another real part that I think we get of Andy. Uh-huh. And he's laying in bed, and he says, "I always want people I don't know to love me. I don't even like the people I want to love me. All these dopes." Like that, he just wants to make happy when he can't make his family happy. One person he really cares about right. happy himself. Uh, do you guys notice who the lover took on? Um, was it Gene LaBelle? It sure was yeah! Gino Gene LaBelle. Oh, I have it right here. Gene yeah. LaBelle was he credited? Because I couldn't find anything. I think he was uncredited. Mm, okay, he doesn't get the credit he deserves. Well, we've talked about Gene LaBelle, another all star here mm-hmm. at TWT. And it's funny because they also mentioned the Count Billy Vargas as being the referee. Because the Count Billy Vargas is like oh, just a real guy, like he was a wrestler back in the day, but mm. like he's n- but that was him. Yeah, it's oh. not like he was a referee back then. He was a wrestler back then. So in this period piece in the 1950s, they're taking this wrestler who wrestled in the 60s and 70s and putting him as his real self and as a referee in the 50s. That was a little weird, and I also appreciate it. So this is where it really feels like it's parallel to Gorgeous George being in Madison Square Garden, mm-hmm. um, you know, and actually name-dropping it. And yeah, all, like yeah this. they did say Madison Square Garden. They did. Uh, <laughs> a couple of lines from um, Kayla, I mean, um, Sydney Seltzer. <laughs> um, oh. Oh, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I, all right. I, now I know. I just realized what you were going to say. He says, don't love anybody, not in this business, which is probably the most truest uh-huh. line out yeah. there. And then he says, you don't get what you want, you get what you deserve. Mm, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, Also, here's another thing. Uh, his three previous gimmicks, mm-hmm. he was all a heel. Yep. His fourth gimmick, The Lover... Babyface, um, big old Fagel. His first gimmick, the American hero, was not. Oh, a heel. the war hero. I guess that would yeah. be. Yeah, and right. I would argue that the lover was a heel. I feel like he was playing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, in the in a way that he got, it, like when he's coming down the aisle well, as the, the lover, wim- the women love him and the men love him too. Be him. <laughs> yeah. He sits. He, he sits on uh, Seltzer's lap. Like he's he he kisses, Seltzer hates it. He kisses one guy on the on the top of his head, and he's so excited. <laughs> he's literally making out with the females on the way down there. Yeah. Well, and here's here's here, when when he's finally on, like this is they're making a big deal. Like this is the first like big televised wrestling event. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this Which is, is not true considering we saw it on TV multiple <laughs> times beforehand. <laughs> Just FYI. But from Madison Square Garden, oh, 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 the announcer oh. also makes a point to, to to the people in the crowd. They're all wearing uh, like suits and they're dressed up to go see the wrestling show. Whereas beforehand, it was in dingy, you know, dingy yeah. rooms and all this stuff. Um, That's also not true to the movie, though, because that old lady screaming about the hypnotist—they were all in suits. Yeah, we're in Sunday best. I know, I'm, I'm not discounting no, what you're no, saying. I, 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 I'm I just saying, saying I wish the movie... Well, I mean, plus the movie has to go and write piss me the fuck off by not showing the match. Well, it ended up fixing everything in the end because uh, what it lacked in a match at the end, it didn't make up for in a in a song. <laughs> yes, that's true. Lumberjake, would Time for Lumberjake. Did you the song of the episode? Yeah. My heart! You'd think you'd be used to it by now. Me and Mikey make that eye contact. 
When you find the one and only, it's like finding a needle in the hay. Every one of us is looking for love. When love comes along, you can't let it get away. Then you're someone's one and only. And she says that there's, she says that she's nothing without you. When at last you know where you belong, then you're one of the few chosen few. Yes, one of the chosen few. Well, I found my one and only, like the long, lonesome river finds the sea. And I can't believe how lucky I was that you and your love was waiting around for me. Oh. And this is bad. <laughs> I just um, Timmy thundered myself and hit, just my, hit my tooth on <laughs> <in> the microphone. <laughs> that has oh been no. Lumberjake's titular song of the episode. Yeah. So um, before he leaves, he's got this beautiful blonde baby. And then when after his match is over and he's in his hotel, <laughs> the mother bursts in holding a dark, baby. a dark complexion baby with dark black hair hey mary i don't want to like be a pain but is that a different baby uh mary my mary she's like no no i'm gonna hit you but then take you back because now you're really rich and famous and have a lot of money so mm-hmm. i did so what I, a fucking I, gold digging here's, bitch. I, here's what so wait before we get into this i did want to no. pull up the scene uh just so to see if mikey was right or if i was right about the melancholy truth of oh of, oh okay so <coughs> mikey close your eyes um Here's w- so okay. He's walking in. He's walking coming in. in. He's after the match. Right. He's kind of solemnly he, walking. I wouldn't no. say he's solemnly at this point. He's just kind of doing his thing. He's walking in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's putting some stuff. He's just in taking his stuff. It's been a long day. He's been playing with the the the. But he misses reporter. the one thing that. How do you know you that? Can't. Where yes, you, I can. You're, you're he's just that. walking. He's like looking at this giant hotel room. Hold on, because he's him. all alone. Hold on, I'm waiting for him to sit down and grab the phone. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's walking. All right, over. he's walking over. Oh, there's a chair there. Mm-hmm. All right, there's a chair. He's gonna he's, sit. He's, he's looking not. at no. All right, he sits. He sat mm-hmm. down. All right, uh-huh. and his uh, hands on the phone, and there's know. the knock no, on the door. Um, no, but I didn't see a hand on the phone. Yeah. His, oh wait, he's already up. Nope. His, his hand, up the hand was on the, the fucking door. phone. What do you mean? What? Oh, look just, at that open. His phone. Okay. All right. So he was. His hand was on the phone, and then the knock to, on the door comes to call in for room service. Yeah, room service. Oh, because he was hungry. Yeah. All right. He's like, hey, this is Andy Schmidt. Whose baby is this? Yeah. This is not my baby. This is not his baby. <laughs> oh. All right. So, uh, so I'll give you that he sat down. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, but he was never melancholy. Like, no. you made it sound. Yeah. All right. Uh, so here's where I kind of, I rooted for Mary at first for giving him what he deserved. And then mm-hmm. I was like, wait a minute. Now that he's rich and famous, he finally is what one he always only. said he was going to be, uh-huh. a big star or a fireman. And <laughs> she was supposed to, she was supposed to stand by him no matter what, and then she bailed on him. They were married. They were married to each other. She was gonna send the lawyers. It's 1951. They're probably still married. Like the <laughs> divorce thing was probably like, oh, we don't do that. Yeah, even in movies, if you got married, you were still legally married, <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, she she says it's all good now because now he's got money to support the family and stuff. That's bullshit. That's totally bogus. I agree. Yeah. I think it's bullshit. Stupid Mary. Mary, listen, Mary, okay, here's the thing. Mary and Andy, they do deserve each other because they're both fucking psychopaths. <laughs> yeah. But now they are raising a psychopathic, <laughs> different child. Yep. 
<laughs> she probably got on the train and she probably <laughs> accidentally grabbed the wrong kid. You know, this is happening at the same point in time that uh, fucking Dr. Samuel Beckett is jumping through. Leaping through? Le- you're leaping through and becoming a wrestler during that time. All right. Mm. All right. I like where this is going. Yep. Um. So that's it. That's the movie. She fakes being angry. She kicks she him. She learned it from him. He, she has him stripped down. Their baby is just oh, rolling yeah. around on the bed, and he's wearing like like leopard print undies. Leopard print. He's like, I gotta. He's gotta feel the character all the way through. If yeah. you're wearing panties under these, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, they get to fucking with that baby on the bed. Yep. And that's the one and only. The one and only. God damn! What it. a movie, Mikey. What Mikey do you feel it. about Listen, this movie? He Andy. It. Through all his faults and his, whether you... You have not seemed to found any fault in him. Whether you... The fault in his stars. Can't stand him or not, Andy always said what he was going to do, and he did Did what he was going to say. And he became the big star that he always thought he was. Only because... the girl that he wanted from the first time he met her. And he got. But you have to think he tried with every single girl he'd ever mm-hmm, seen. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. the it's the, it's it's the. <laughs> you nailed it on the head with <laughs> with uh, MTE. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. It's like you know you you you. you <laughs> eventually, <laughs> eventually, if you swing at everyone, you're gonna get a hit. You're gonna, you're gonna get the one. You're gonna get that home run. Yeah, you're gonna get the one and only. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and also, he owes everything to Milton. Like, he would yeah. not even ever have thought of professional wrestling. You know, you're right. Uh, oh, so there's a scene at when he, you know, uh, it's after the match and the... the oh, the celebration The afterwards. press is trying to get in the door. You know, he, yeah. the Ed Sullivan show booked you. Everybody wants you. And uh, Milton's pouring champagne. He's like, I feel tall. <laughs> and fucking Andy goes, oh, let's toast to your new height. And cheers him about three feet above where he really is. <laughs> fucking hilarious. Yeah. So good. Now, here's a question for you. What'd you learn? Well, guys. Oh. Um, in this great Mikey movie. Mikey wrote down what he learned. I always write down what I learned. I don't believe that's true. Yeah, you're often you never so lost for what to write. Uh... <laughs> Uh, I'm not the lost one. JC always forgets that we do. What do we learn? That's why they call him the lost boy, JC. Oh, yeah, that's what that is. Why they call me that? I didn't know. Yeah, well, now he you know. outside the Viper Lounge. <laughs> um, I learned that you don't get what you want, but you get what you deserve. Oh, all right. Um, I learned that Andy is a giant piece of shit. Is Andy a dick? Yes. Not the dick. A dick. Yes. He is the dick. Bigger than Mama. Yes, I agree with that. Andy doesn't deserve shit. That's what bigger I learned. Bigger than Cosmo. Yes. No fucking way. Yes. Bigger than M. Harry Smiley. Andy. He's uh, no fucking way. Yes. M. Harry Smiley. M. Harry Smiley wants to be Andy. A Andy was made people laugh. Andy was successful. It may have took him a long time to fucking get there, but he was fucking successful. He got the girl in the end. Like, he abused the girl in the end to get her. He listen, mentally you're abused fucking, her. Your hypnosis theory, uh-huh. while you great with, on paper, you agreed with while that. great on paper, she always loved everything about. Every time he spoke, she had a big smile on his face. When she was singing, uh, when he was singing in the Miami. in the restaurant, oh. uh, 
day <laughs> bidet. Oh like, my god, yeah. What was he singing to her? Some fucking show. Oh, getting to know you. Getting to know yeah. you. Like, listen, I really. Here's the thing. This is where I'm conflicted. I really enjoyed the movie. I fucking hate Andy. I learned that nobody's ever said anything in Kansas in Kansas City that's important. <laughs> so I have a pitch. Sequel. The two and only. Andy Jr. follows in the footsteps of his father okay. and becomes a pro wrestler in the 1970s. And Andy, Ju- co- Andy Jr. is played by Steve Carell. Yup. <laughs> he has to become somebody famous because Gorge- because... Andy was gorgeous, George. So he has to be so, famous, like um, like the maestro. Or what about like Flair, like Rick, a uh, Rick Flair, or uh, or if it's going to go seventies and the early eighties, make it Hogan, Ooh. make it where he is the complete opposite of what his dad did, but he's got to come to terms, and then you can kind of maybe um, put a little Rocky in there mm-hmm. and have old Henry Winkler come back as the manager for his son's big match. Not a little Bullwinkle. <laughs> yup, little Rocky is Bullwinkle. Put yeah. it all in there. Bring back Elephant, bring back Elephant Jr. So, uh, what are we doing next? All right. Well, here we are. We got a brand new year, season three of Three Way Theater. I got a lot of good things this year. I'm really excited for our schedule this year. Yeah, JC's uh, keeping it quiet from us over here. I, I just want to. Before cer- we announce it, there are a couple of movies that I want to surprise you guys with, but we have a lot of amazing things coming up. As we mentioned um, previously, we are going to be appearing at the New England Fan Fest and Hall of Fame. Coming this whoop, summer. Whoop, whoop. Um, we're going to be doing a, a couple of obscure movies, a couple of um, famous movies. Um, we're going to be reviewing No Holds Barred. You know, that's going to be really we, exciting. We, we already, we already what? did that one. Oh, no. We're going to be reviewing the 1951 No Holds Barred. Uh, uh, oh. The original No Holds Barred. All right. Starring Zeus? <laughs> nope. Did Vince McMahon write this one, too? Nope. I can't wait to look up the trailer for this. Nope. Don't you dare, <laughs> motherfucker. But coming up next, our next episode of Three-Way Theater proper is going to be Fighting With My Family. All right. Wait. When's it coming out? February. But when's it actually coming out? <laughs> no, no. Now it's real. Like the trailer, the real trailer is out there. The poster is out there. It is in. Hello, I'm Nick Frost. Hey, that's, that's it's Nick Frost, everybody. Good day, mate. Oh no, now he's oh, going. Now he's no. going bushwhacker route. He's going uh, New Zealand, I guess. Yeah. I'm uh, Nick Frost. I hate cops. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, Fighting With My Family, directed by Stephen Merchant, uh, starring Nick Frost. Starring The Rock. Star, especially starring The Rock. Um, star Stephen Merchant. He's a tall British guy. Yeah. Uh, Hello, this, ladies. This is going to be our Good first- day, Mike. This is going to be the first time Three-Way Theater is going to actually watch a movie in a theater. Welcome to Three-Way Theater at the movies. That's right, baby. I hope Mikey ends up like Gene Siskel. Jesus. Fuck, is that going to make me like Roger Ebert? Yep. That's my jaw. Oh, I'm, I'm Roper. Nobody knows who I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's worked out perfectly. Uh, um, but yeah, I'm super excited for fighting with my family. We're going to have to f- go at a time when nobody else is there because we're just going to... That's going to be literally any <laughs> showing. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you saying if we go on the first night, it's not going to be packed? First we- night, midnight showing. <laughs> And we're gonna have to find a theater that's gonna show it. It's we're gonna it's, ha- it's, it's wide release. No, as wide as pages. <laughs> oh my god! Well, guys, cut that, that part is- out. <laughs> no, do not uh, edit that out. Uh, edit that part out. I love I, cartoon page. <laughs> cartoon, cartoon page, page was so hard. She is Bay. 
Best, best bot award winner. <laughs> well, uh, find us on social media, uh, at Three Way Theater, be on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Like, comment, and subscribe. Yeah, do that. You should do that. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. God damn it, Lumberjake. Um, all of our episodes are available on threewaytheater.com as well as through Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, most podcast apps you can find Three Way Theater. And um, yeah, we'll see you next time, right? See you later. I'm my Pava. I'm Lumberjake. And I'm JC. And this has been Three Way Theater. That is the news. <laughs> I'm hypnotizing you. Oh, no. You will like Andy Schmidt. I'm dancing. <laughs>